Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week is a bit of a listener request. So just a reminder, if you've got something you want me to tackle, please send it my way. Uh, Just check out the show notes and get it to me. Um, But in any case, the, the listener request was to talk about what do you do about a dog that shuts down? Now, if you know me, you know that I'm really not, I really don't talk too much about dog training. There are amazing people out there who focus on training and I'm going to leave it to them. I do train my own dogs. I do teach classes. I do have some experience um, and I have a whole bunch of personal experience. Um, But I decided to take this on, this idea of dogs shutting down for a couple reasons. Um, One, I have one (laughs) that until recently, which we will get into, I would describe as shutting down when she walks into the ring you know her as Moxie. (laughs) And you know that I've had some struggles with um, different versions of her shutting down. Um, And the other reason I want to take this on is because I think this is a mindset thing, shock, um, when it comes to our handling. And so I'm excited to kind of talk about it and talk through it. Now, that said, this is a perspective, okay? Like you may have a different experience. You may have a different dog. This doesn't work for every dog. Just like all of my mindset work doesn't work for every handler, right? So take what serves you, leave the rest, or even better, come over to my Facebook uh, page and share some additional insight. I love a good conversation. Um, Keep it constructive, but I love a good conversation, okay? So I want to take on this idea of a dog shutting down from a perspective of mental management, mindset, performance management, whatever it is we call what it is that I teach and am super passionate about. Um, like I said, you know, my struggles with Moxie, probably if you've listened to even a couple of these, she comes up a lot. Um, maybe I owe her much gratitude for the shaping of this, uh, podcast. Um, and anyhow, when Moxie goes into the ring, particularly an obedience ring, she just can't, she just can't, she just can't perform. And I've done a lot of different things and we've tried a lot of different things. And then of course that same behavior showed up in agility with the weave poles. And if you've been listening the last couple episodes, you know that we've had a turnaround in that, which is part of the reason why I wanted to take on this topic. Because I believe that part of the reason we had a turnaround in Team Moxie, (laughs) because we are a team, is that I took a different perspective on the problem. Instead of looking at my dog and saying, she shuts down, she has performance anxiety, she, 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 I said, well, what is shutting down? Like, what is that? Like, why, why is that? What does that happen? What do I think is causing it? And while Moxie is a very outgoing dog, seemingly, I decided from 
observation, from experience, from input from other people, just from a lot of things, that it really was a confidence problem. And I think that even humans (laughs) shut down to different degrees. We call it sometimes deer in the headlights. When we're having a confidence problem or when we're overwhelmed or when we don't know what to do, Personally, when I am facing a task that I don't know how to do well, and we can talk about my problems with perfectionism on a different podcast, um, but when I'm faced with a task that I don't know how to do well out of the gate, I procrastinate. And it's a version of shutting down, right? Because I, if I don't know how to do it well, I just don't start. I freeze. I deer in the headlights. I freeze. And there, you know, we are flight or fight and flight or fight animals, but we can also freeze. That also is a choice. And so I think a lot of what we see in our dogs, in ourselves, when we don't know what to do, when we're unsure, when we lack confidence, uh, when we lack clarity even, is that we, quote, shut down. And I'm using air quotes, which you can't see, but I think that there are lots of versions of shutting down and it also can look like it's avoidance, right? In Moxie's case in the weave poles, it was very clearly avoidance. She would glance over with them and then look the other way as if like an elephant had just come into the ring and she needed to go investigate. Um, and so I think that shutting down, avoiding stress, basically, right? We're talking about versions of stress um, can manifest themselves or, or look like or be symptomatic in a lot of different ways. And so I think that before we just categorically say, and I'm putting myself in this in this bucket as well, before we categorically say like, oh, my dog shuts down, what do you do about a dog that shuts down? Um, I think we have to look at some of the underlying reasons for it and not address the symptom or what we see, but address what's underneath. Okay, sounds obvious when you say it, but yet um, I hear all the time that my dog shuts down. And I would say that too before about Moxie. Like I said it like, I probably said it three months ago, right? That's probably when I would say it. Um, And so it's recent for me, this, I mean, I mean, I guess it's a revelation. It's probably not a revelation to everybody, but it was in this context, okay? So let's talk about then what is the solution? What do we need to do? Again, I think this applies as much to humans as it does to dogs or probably horses. Um, But when we're talking about getting underneath it, I think, again, it comes down to either lack of clarity and or lack of confidence about the situation, right? Um, In Moxie's case, she also really hates to be wrong. So again, kind of like me taking on a task I don't really, I'm not unsure about, I'd rather, I just freeze slash procrastinate until either I'm forced to get into deadline or I figure it out or get help or figure out what the next step is. All right. Well, for the most part, animals aren't going to like work it like it's a puzzle or figure out the next step or feel like they're on a deadline as we do in humans, because sometimes our deadline is work, right? Sometimes our deadline is our job and, and a deadline that is being put upon us that finally makes us take a step. So when we're looking at our dogs and again, our, ourselves through a kinder lens, we have to look at the underlying cause. So if you think that your dog is freezing or 
not performing or what have you uh, because of confidence, then you are now on a mission to build confidence. Or if you think that they do that because of lack of clarity, now you're on a mission to provide clarity. And the same goes for yourself. If you are freezing or unable to perform in certain environments, you need to ask yourself, are you lacking confidence either about a certain challenge or about a certain ring or venue, or maybe you're great with one dog, but you freeze with the other one just because they're different dogs and they have different challenges. And what is it that you need to work on for yourself? Is it a confidence thing? Is it a clarity thing? Is it just getting experience? What is the underlying cause? Because none of us are really programmed to just freeze for no good reason, right? We would just be a bunch of like, I don't know, what is that? A non-moving zombie? Like that's not even a thing either. So um, we're not wired for that. That is not in our nature. That is not um, part of our DNA. We would have been killed by like all the bears a long time ago if we just were standing around freezing, right? So we want to move. Our dogs want to move. They want to please us. We want to please ourselves. We want to do well. We want to perform at our best. They want to perform at their best. So we have to figure out the way through. So I propose that you are now on a quest (laughs) to A, figure out what underlying problem are you having? And you may need to get some help, right? You may need to ask your coach, am I not being clear? Do we think she doesn't, my dog doesn't understand what I'm asking of her? Um, Does she not feel confident? Um, Is there something about the environment that makes her feel not confident? In my dog's case, again, if I'm personalizing and taking my responsibility for it, I would say that what has happened, the pattern that has occurred is that in obedience particularly, I get more um, serious in obedience because I kind of learned, I guess, that obedience is a serious matter, right? Um, Don't make any sounds, no dogs barking in crates, like no talking, like very serious faces around the obedience ring, right? And, you know, obedience as a sport has taken a lot of hits over the years for not being as welcoming or as fun or what have you. And I do see judges and the AKC trying to take some strides in that. But regardless, I learned that and I then taught that intensity to my dog through my behavior, right? I was this, I was showing up as this intense handler at home. I wasn't intense. We, she was very able to do it in that environment. She's very able to perform. She's like a brilliant obedience dog at home. Um, but now the pattern has happened that she assumes that I will be my most intense self when I walk into an obedience ring. And, um, in a lot of cases that manifested that became true because then she would make a mistake and then I would panic and then I'd get more intense and then and then and then it all just rolled downhill okay in a not pretty way as you can imagine so what happened is for us I believe and this is me you know taking all the responsibility is I taught her that intensity and she learned that she freaking hated it And then it started to transfer to other rings and other environments. And if she would make a mistake that she would see me react and she would be like, oh my God, this is bad. So now then I created an issue that she was afraid to make a mistake. So better to freeze. Okay. 
and I'm shortening this process. This wasn't like, this wasn't like a one run thing and done. Okay. So this is my tale. This is not your tale. Um, you may have a version of it or you may have a different, um, a different flavor or different, certainly different origins of it. Um, but I, I, I'm going to push you to be vulnerable and honest and really look at what your origin story is for when this started to happen and why you think it happened. Because underneath there is the key to unraveling it. Because one of the things that I had to do is I had to teach Moxie to have confidence in the environment where she was unsure of. And I did that, as I talked about on another podcast, I did that through using toys. I did that by really changing my process goals. And, you know, no longer was it about getting the weaves. It was literally about her having fun or, and it was about her improving her confidence. So when I started to go in the ring with different process goals, I also then started to train with different process goals. And then everything started to lighten up. And that was an environment in which she could be more successful. And then, you know, we've had several runs now where we were both successful with this sort of like new versions of ourselves, myself and herself and Team Moxie. So I'm going to push you to really dig into where it started, where it came from, and what are some of the ways that you can go about giving your dog more confidence, giving your dog more clarity, giving them essentially the support that they need. And for sure, speaking of support that they need, I have definitely used the mantra with her, like, I'm going to be the handler Moxie needs me to be. Which so instead of responding to her performance, I was learning to respond to her emotions right? An emotion could be insecure. Emotion could be like, I'm not sure about this exercise. And I first saw this happen in a rally ring in March. That was my mantra. And I'm, I'm like, I'm going to be this, the, the person I know she can be. And at one point she made a mistake and I felt my inside start to respond. And I was like, no. And I just said, good try. I said, good try. Let's do it again. And, or whatever, I because it was Riley, I forget exactly. Um, but she saw the change because remember, she has to trust that I'm different too. We also can't expect our dogs to be different when we're not willing to change. So I had to be willing to be a different handler and I had to be willing to let go of cues and green ribbons and outcome goals and any sense of that and instead embrace that I was making investments in our relationship and I was making investments in our future ability to play this sport as a team. All right. It wasn't for this run or this weekend or this day or even this month that I was going to essentially take X amount of time away from anything goal related and shift all of my attention to confidence and to having fun. All right. Now, as you heard, I had some success with it. Um, actually a lot of success with it. And she really started to trust me that I could be that person and that I in fact was the person she, the handler she needed me to be in that moment. Right. So, um, when we say that we have a dog that shuts down, 
I would say, yes, that is absolutely what you're seeing. That is the top layer or the outcome or the symptom that you are seeing. But what is actually the problem and what is the solution and what needs to change in terms of your training or your preparation in order to make a positive impact and a positive change in that? right? And so the other part about shutting down is in terms of like a goal and in terms of working on it, um, your goal can't be, for instance, I want her to not shut down. (laughs) Because again, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know that you can't have not (laughs) in one of your goals. Your goals have to be stated in the positive. So what is the opposite or what is it that you want your dog to do instead of shut down? I want her to be confident. I want her to carry on. I want her to, even if I make a mistake, just keep going. I want her to try. Um, and what what is the opposite? What does that look like? And then further get to a point where like, you know, um, well, I want her, let's say, let's say you come up with the opposite and you're like, well, she shuts down. So I just want her to try. Okay. If that's what you want, how are you, because you're the one with the frontal cortex, (laughs) how are you going to get her to do that? And can you teach a dog to try, right? Because I don't know that try is really in their emotional vocabulary, unless we, you know, are shaping it or encouraging and rewarding effort, right? So again, that would probably be something I would push back on. And I would say, eh, is try really the right word? What is it that you really want? Uh, you want her to be confident. Okay, great. How are you going to teach confidence? What part of that are you going to own to teach her or support her in becoming a confident dog in whatever ring, right? Now, we hope, I hope, because I play in multiple rings, that building up our confidence in one ring will help us in another, but I can't count on that. And I can't just abandon it and think that it's fixed in a couple weekends, right? Um, if you think about your own confidence and how you build confidence, you know, one of the ways is by having a lot of positive experiences. And if we think about positive experiences versus negative experiences, we probably all know that negative experiences are so much more powerful than positive ones, right? I've heard all kinds of crazy statistics and I don't have sources for any of them, so I don't know what's true. But I think that um, theoretically, it makes sense that it probably takes something like 10 positive experiences for every one negative one. And, and I say that because I, I think that um, because the negatives have so much more weight and we are, again, wired to look for the negative in order to keep ourselves safe, that it makes sense to me that they are weighted 10 times as much. Like, so if this was a game, they're worth 10 more points and whereas a positive experience is only worth one point. And so I think we have to really think about that. Um, it's a lot of things, Um, when we are training our dogs, but also when we are training our own mindsets, okay? Like, so those of you who with the negative self-talk, and I'm talking to probably most of you, (laughs) myself included, um, we have to really remember the power that negative self-talk has on ourselves too, and how it can really derail 
our own journey to confidence, right? We need to be confident handlers because not only because we that helps us perform, but we need to be confident leaders, right? We need to be confident on the other end of the leash. Confidence in not shutting down, right? So being confident handlers is 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 crucial to having um, a solid performance. Like if you walk into a ring thinking, I can't do this, well, you're right, right? I mean, that's that's the old, I think that's like a Henry Ford thing. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Um, and so we have to make sure that we're minding our minds as well. And so when it comes to ourselves not freezing or not shutting down or, you know, being able to perform in high high stress or high uh, meaning circumstances, right? Like a finals or, or like a really important trial or something like that. Or like when a, when a title is on the line, you know, um, when we want to be able to perform in that way, we have to work up to that too. And we have to treat ourselves with the same game plan, right? Not just compassion. We need compassion for ourselves too, but we need a game plan to become confident handlers. We need a game plan plan to become confident leaders to our dogs. And we need to figure out what it is that we are willing to do and what kind of time we're willing to invest and resources or what have you, like in order to become that. So for instance, listening to this podcast, you are investing your time and attention in this podcast because you feel that it can help you with your mindset. Fantastic. If you are in a position that you need more than that, like what else do you need? Do you need, you know, coaching? Do you need something else um, just like your dogs? Do you, does your dog need another class? Do you, what, whatever. You, so what is it that you need to be doing in order to get to your own goals too? Because we cannot keep putting all the pressure on our dogs, right? It's not always the dog's fault. Um, I was at a trial uh, this past weekend. I was actually... And, um, I was watching a handler that I've watched before. Um, and I just, she walked into the ring and just instantly, you know, shoulders were in her ears. She just was so tense and so nervous and they did not perform well. And afterwards she just kept saying, I don't want, don't want my ugh, talking too fast. I don't know why my dog did that. I don't know why she shut down. That's not usually like her. Da, 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 da. And I, there was a, f- I took a few tries at it, right? I was, you know, trying to be, you know, because unsolicited advice, like she wasn't asking. Um, but she did ask me later, like what I thought. And I said, well, I said, I've watched you a lot. And I think your nerves got to you. And she didn't really have a response. She wasn't ready to hear that, which is fine. Like, if you're not ready to hear that, don't ask me (laughs) for my opinion. Um, Just a little hint. Um, But I think it's important to realize that, um, you know, we impact, our nerves impact our performances. And it is not always our dog's fault. If we're having that run, we need to ask our dog, if we want to say, if we come out of the ring and our inclination is to say, I don't know why that happened. I don't know why my dog did that. Just make a little note to yourself to be like, I'm going to unpack that later. I'm going to figure out why my dog did that. I'm going to figure out why my dog shut down. I'm going to figure out what is underneath there, what part of it I own, and what part of it is dog training or dog confidence or dog clarity or what have you. Okay? 
So um, I just think that's interesting. I think it's an interesting perspective on, you know, my dog shuts down. And like I said, I'm owning this. Like three months ago, I would have used that same phrase to describe Moxie in obedience, for instance, and even um, in agility in the weaves. And now my perspective is, is, you know, she lacks confidence, she lacks clarity, and she worries about my reaction in the ring. Like I would change my um, language around describing what the problem is. And when we change our language in describing the problem, we start to unravel and look at the solution right? Because we're not having this fixed mindset, right? To say my dog shuts down is a very fixed mindset. A growth mindset person says, this is the challenge that we have. I'm working on building her confidence. We're making progress in agility. I hope to make progress in these other rings as well, right? That's a growth mindset. And sometimes taking responsibility for your part of it is a giant first step because that allows you to put a plan in place and figure out how you're going to get there. Okay. All right. So I hope that helps at least shift your mindset about how you're thinking about a challenge because, oh my God, we all have challenges we're working on. Hello. And, um, yeah, and hopes maybe maybe it'll affect your training plan this week or maybe it'll affect your uh, process goals this weekend, whatever game you're playing this weekend. So just kind of take that to heart and take some of your challenges through that filter and see if you can come up with a different perspective and then with a different perspective, a different plan as to how to uh, make that better or improve it, if not solve it. Okay. And of course, if you need support, I got a membership or I've got coaching or a bunch of other tools and online courses and all kinds of stuff. So just check out the show notes. There's always support there. And, um, also I'm going to little plug my new planner is coming out in the next few weeks. You're going to hear more about that. And in the show notes, there is a link to, um, sign up so that you will get the email when it first drops and, um, put your name in there. Don't worry. I'm not a spammy person. Um, but, uh, if you want to know when that ultimate dog planner drops, uh, just put your name in there. So in any case, uh, always check out the show notes, by the way, there's goodies in there. And um, in any case, I hope this helps you shift perspectives, take some responsibility, and by doing so, come up with a really great plan for supporting your dog through their possible insecurities. All right? No matter what you're doing this weekend, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.